Are your heart-probing questions and Bible quotes met with silent indifference, shoulder shrugs, or worse, sarcastic responses? Then we're so glad you're joining us for today's episode. I'm your host, Katie Morgan, and welcome to Parenting with Ginger Hubbard. Ginger is the best-selling author of Don't Make Me Count to Three, Wise Words for Moms, and I Can't Believe You Just Said That. She speaks at women's events, parenting conferences, and homeschool conventions across the country. You can check out her parenting resources and find out when she's speaking in or near your area at gingerhubbard.com. If you enjoy this podcast and want to help support our ministry, one way you can do that is by purchasing Ginger's resources directly from her website instead of other online retailers. And stay tuned until the end of this episode to receive a discount code on your purchase at gingerhubbard.com. Thank you so much for your support, listeners. This enables us to further our mission to help parents reach the hearts of their children for the glory of God. Have you ever noticed that when you encounter news stories or even advertisements in our world, you have to give your kids a disclaimer like, well, kids, I know they're saying that all is hopeless, but here's what we believe. Wouldn't it be nice if you could point them to a news source that would actually encourage them to see how God is working in our world today? Well, it is nice because there is such a news source. It's called World Watch. This is an engaging professional news show produced by Christian journalists, and it's designed specifically for kids. In just 10 minutes a day, you and your kids can stay up to date on the current headlines without the hopelessness and hysteria of most other news sources. My favorite part is that every episode ends with this reminder, whatever the news, the purpose of the Lord will stand. To find out more about World Watch, just go to worldwatch.news slash ginger to access a free episode. Again, that's worldwatch.news slash ginger. Well, Ginger, this episode comes at a timely moment for me as I have lately found myself frustrated, especially during our family worship time, if our kids aren't just blown away by what we are reading or sharing with them. And (laughs) it's almost like I expect more of them in family worship than I do of myself, which is ridiculous. So I'm excited to hear what you have to share with us about motivating our kids with scripture. Our first listener question today comes from Mariana on Instagram and Mariana Mariana. I'm sorry uh, if we're (laughs) butchering your name. uh, That is our Southern interpretation. So Mariana on Instagram, here's what she asked. How do we teach or train our children in a healthy way to be motivated to want to please God? You referenced Colossians 3.23, but how do I help my two and five-year-olds to be motivated by scripture? And I'll just quickly read Colossians 3.23. It says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. So Ginger, our listener, Mariana Marianum, <laughs> wants to know, as do all the rest of us, how do we help our children to be motivated by God's word? Well, our job as parents is to plant the seeds. It's to train our children up in the way they should go, in the ways of the Lord. But in order for our children to be motivated to love and obey and serve God, two things have to happen that are completely out of our control. First, they have to be called by God, not us, to put their hope and trust in Jesus. 1 Corinthians 1.9 says, God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. That verse is clear that it's God's faithfulness and God's call that brings sinners to Christ. Ephesians 2 verses 8 and 9 say, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is a gift of God, not by work so that no one can boast. We can and should work hard to direct our children to the truths of God's word, which lead 
lead sinners to Christ, but we have to recognize and accept that it's ultimately the work of the Holy Spirit revealing the gospel of Christ that calls and motivates them to rightly respond. Which brings me to the second thing that has to happen in order for our children to truly be motivated to love and obey and serve God. And that is that they have to accept and respond to God's calling, which is also out of our control. A personal decision to follow Christ is just that, a personal decision. We can pray for our kids to turn to Jesus. We can faithfully proclaim the truths of the gospel, but we cannot make the choice to follow Jesus for them. As parents, our desire is for our kids to surrender to Jesus, but we know from 2 Peter 1, verses 3 and 4, that it's God's divine power that enables them to do so. Mm. Those verses say, His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of Him who has called us by His own glory and goodness. Through these, He has given us His very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires." Clearly, God is the one who calls, and clearly, He does it through the gospel. 2 Thessalonians 2, verses 13 and 14 confirm, God chose you as first fruits to be saved through the sanctifying work of the Spirit and through belief in the truth. He called you to this through our gospel, that you might share in the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Since the gospel is the motivation, the gospel is what we present. So we have to recognize and accept that it is God who calls our children, not us. And motivation comes from the gospel, not us, <laughs> which is hard. I mean, that that is what we want as parents so mm-hmm. much is control. That's and right. that's what you're saying is that yeah. we don't have any of that. Yeah. And if we could make our children accept Christ, of course mm-hmm. we would do that. That's mm-hmm. our will <laughs> too. Right. So, but it's not our words, but God's word that leads sinners to Christ. Mm-hmm. But recognizing and accepting that only God can call them and change their hearts doesn't negate a parent's responsibility to bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. We also have have to recognize and accept God's calling on our lives to point our children to the gospel. We do that by looking to scripture ourselves and obeying his commands to faithfully impress the truths of God's words on the hearts of our children by talking about them often. As Deuteronomy 6 verse 7 says, when we sit at home, when we walk along the road, when we lie down and when we get up. In other words, we take every opportunity to point them to the gospel of Christ. We are God's vessels delivering God's word. We walk in obedience, and we fully rely on the work of the Holy Spirit to call and motivate our children to respond. So we teach them Scripture, we plant the seeds, and we pray for God to water and grow those seeds as only He can do. So keep doing what you're doing, Mariana, and all those other sweet mamas who are out there listening. The thing is, we can't always see how the Lord is working, but we can be confident that God's Word does not return void. Mm. Okay, Ginger, I chose this next listener question because this mom is following the example of Jesus and asking heart-probing questions, but the questions don't seem to be serving as a motivator for her six-year-old to evaluate his own heart. Cassie in Wisconsin writes this, I have been struggling with heart-probing. My son is six, and we've been trying to get to the root of the issue. When I ask, does this please and honor God? His response is, yep. (laughs) He's sometimes just so angry. What do I do? Wait until he's calm to ask these questions. This leads to him whining and crying until he gets what he wants. It's been such a struggle lately. Mm, Well, hi, Cassie. Let me address the second part of your question first. Yes, 
When kids are displaying out-of-control anger, it's typically better to wait until they calm down to ask heart-probing questions and to train and instruct. It's hard to see reason when anger is in front of it. So sending the child to his room until he's calmed down enough to listen and process, that can certainly be helpful. Now let's talk about your son responding, yep, when in his heart, he knows that what he's doing is not pleasing and honoring to God. This reminds me of kids who try to use reverse psychology on parents by acting as though they like and even prefer consequences. Mm -hmm. I had one of those. (laughs) I don't care if you take that toy away. I don't like it anymore anyway. Or that's okay. I wanted to go to my room anyway. (laughs) First, let's look at what the Bible tells us to do when others, namely our children in this case, are caught in sin. Galatians 6, 1 says, brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted. Cassie, your son reacting in anger can tempt you to do the same. So don't miss God's instructions to gently rebuke in that verse. If that is a struggle, ask God to help you to respond as one who's living by the Spirit, because we know from Proverbs 15, 1, that a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. But let's assume that it's not a struggle, and you are gentle with your rebuke. So you've asked a good heart-probing question, but unfortunately, it didn't generate self-evaluation and ownership of sin in your child. My encouragement is to not let that deter you from your mission. Regardless of how our children respond, we are still given the responsibility to gently rebuke them for sin and point them to Jesus for redemption. So when they don't respond the way we hope, we don't throw up our hands and stop obeying God. We remain faithful and we keep doing what God has called us to do. All that to say, you're doing a great job, Cassie. You're rebuking your son for sin and having him consider whether or not his behavior is pleasing and honoring to God. You're taking him to the gospel of Jesus, which is his only hope for salvation and change. And you know, one thing I thought of while you were saying all that, Ginger, is that I know it's frustrating as a parent when our kids respond like that, Mm -hmm. but in some ways I would almost rather my child directly say what's in their heart and Mm -hmm. make that very clear and evident because they could nod and say all the right things and you would never necessarily really know what's going on in their heart. So it's a blessing to see it clearly Mm -hmm. and to be able to respond lovingly and continue to do that day after day after day, because when they conceal it, oftentimes that's way harder Mm -hmm. to reach their hearts when they say all the right things. So Mm -hmm. yep. So it's a blessing blessing. in a sense when when you're able to see that sin and then we know exactly what we're dealing with Mm -hmm. and how we can address it. Exactly. Have you ever been at a total loss for how to explain to your kids some of the really hard things they've seen in our culture or in the news? Sometimes I resort to distraction, like, hey, who wants ice cream? (laughs) Because I'm just not sure how to rightly respond. This is why I'm so excited about a new podcast that is stepping in to meet that need. The podcast is called Concurrently. And each episode is full of practical help so that we can teach our kids how to develop news literacy and biblical discernment. To find out more, visit concurrentlypodcast.com and you can listen to new episodes of Concurrently every Wednesday, wherever you get your podcasts. Cassie, let's talk a little more about your son's response. He didn't respond the way you hoped, obviously. Rather than responding in humility by acknowledging and taking ownership of his sin against God, he chose to respond pridefully with sarcasm. To sarcastically proclaim sin as being pleasing and honoring to God is to mock God. And that's a dangerous path to take because it leads to destruction. 
We're warned about this in Galatians chapter 6, verses 7 and 8, which say, Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. The other problem with your son's response is that he's not only outwardly defying your authority when he's rebuked, but he's inwardly rejecting God's wisdom, which is foolish. Mm. So, Ginger, in situations like this, when parents ask a good question and it's met with indifference or resistance or sarcasm, where does a parent go from there? Well, the core question for all parents is, how do we respond to foolishness in our children? The answer is simple, with truth and wisdom from God's Word. First and foremost, we want to take every opportunity to point our children to Jesus. So maybe the response might sound something like this, honey, Sin is not pleasing and honoring to God. God is so holy that he can't even look upon sin. Sin separates us from God, which is why he sent his son Jesus to die on the cross. On the cross, Jesus took our sins upon himself. He suffered, he died, and he rose again so that we can be forgiven and cleansed and have a relationship with God. Responding in this way teaches children that the only cure for rebellion against God is Jesus. Where do they find Jesus? in the gospel. So that's where we lead them. Think about it like this. When a child is thirsty, we naturally hand them a cup of water. When they're Mm -hmm. thirsty again, we naturally hand them another cup of water. We don't give it a second thought. Water sustains their lives. So we put it in front of them over and over again and encourage them to drink. Our children have a spiritual thirst that can only be satisfied by Jesus. So we put the living water, the life-giving truths of the gospel in front of them over and over again, and we encourage them to drink. Jesus said, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. That's John 4, 13 and 14. The greatest need our children have is to know Jesus. Nothing is more important than their eternal salvation. Now, Maybe you're a new Christian, or maybe you aren't sure where to find verses to help your children understand God's plan of salvation. And if that's the case, then I'm going to have Heather put links to scriptures in the show notes. So first and most importantly, when our children sin, we point them to the hope they have in Jesus. That's right. And second, we help our children understand the consequences of living foolishly versus the blessings of living wisely. And again, our point of reference is scripture, because apart from the word of God, there is no wisdom. 1 Corinthians 3.19 says the wisdom of this world is foolishness in God's sight. So how can we as parents make it really clear to even a young child, Ginger, why they should choose to live wisely rather than living foolishly? Well, we intentionally take them to Scripture and communicate what God's Word says about foolishness and wisdom. We might say something like, honey, The Bible says that it's foolish to reject the truth and wisdom of God's word and that there are consequences. Proverbs 13, 13 says, whoever scorns instruction will pay for it, but whoever respects a command is rewarded. Sweetheart, you have a choice. You can choose to live foolishly and suffer consequences, or you can choose to live wisely and be rewarded. Living wisely means listening to and obeying mom and dad. Proverbs 19.20 says, if you listen to advice and accept instruction, you will be wise. How can you be wise and accept instruction right now? 
Parents, when we follow the commands of God to train, instruct, and discipline our children when they sin, we're being used as God's vessels to deliver God's lessons about sowing and reaping. And those lessons encourage wisdom. Cassie, you wrote that your son cries and whines until he gets what he wants. Uh, So forgive me if I'm misunderstanding. I may be completely misreading this, but that sounds as though you eventually give him what he wants. Mm -hmm. But rewarding sinful behavior by catering to a child's demands is a misrepresentation of God's perfect plan regarding the law of the harvest. And to not discipline a child for sinful choices encourages more sinful choices. Don't be deceived when you hear parents say, I love my children too much to discipline them. Mm. We're told in Hebrews chapter 12 that the Lord disciplines those he loves. And Proverbs 13, 24 explains that parents who are not willing to do the hard thing and discipline their kids are not showing love at all. That verse says, whoever spares the rod hates their children, but the one who loves their children is careful to discipline them. Consequences for disobedience encourages obedience, which leads to real and lasting blessings. That's what we want for our children, God's rich and abundant blessings, both in this life and the life to come. Now is the part of our show where we share a funny kid quip from one of our listeners. Today's kid quip is courtesy of Amy in Kansas, and here's what she says. Our seven-year-old daughter, Millie, has been prolific with funny quips ever since she learned to talk. Here are just a few of our favorites. I have written them all down, so we have so many to choose from. After a Bible story about creation during breakfast one morning, my husband made sure that our two-and-a-half-year-old daughter, Molly, understood that when God says things, they happen, like, let there be light, and there was light. After we were done eating, I cleaned Molly up and she headed to the playroom to play. As she rounded the corner, she raised her hands and said, let there be toys. (laughs) (laughs) And here's one more. I love this one. Amy's husband said, Molly, don't talk with your mouth full. Then three-year-old Molly said with her mouth full, the reason I'm talking with my mouth full is that I just took a big bite of tortellini. <laughs> Molly sounds like a lot of fun, like my Grayson, doesn't she? <laughs> yep, that's exactly yeah. what I was about to say. That sounds like Grayson. <laughs> two of them would get along very well. That is the <laughs> truth. I, actually, they'd be a scary combo, the two of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that might be dangerous. <laughs> if you have a kid quip for our show, we would love to hear from you. It can be any funny thing your child or grandchild has said, or it can even be something funny you said as a child. Just go to gingerhubber.com slash kidquips. That's Q-U-I-P-S to submit those. Well, Ginger, for those of us who very much needed today's reminder of how to motivate our children using God's word, can you leave us all with a final word of encouragement? Sure. I want to leave us with a reminder that it's not our words, but God's word that leads sinners to Christ. There is no motivation for our children to follow Jesus apart from their understanding, accepting, and responding to God's calling. God reveals himself and calls his children through the truths of the gospel. So that's why we take our children there every chance we get. Thank you so much, Ginger. And thank you listeners for joining us today. Do you have a parenting question? We invite you to submit it at gingerhubber.com slash askginger, and we'll do our best to answer it in a future episode. And while you're on the website, you can find our show notes, which will include links to anything we mentioned in today's episode. Also on gingerhubber.com, you can find Ginger's wonderful resources that will help you get to the heart of outward behavior and address it from a biblical perspective. Not sure which resource to get? Well, 
Today, we're offering a bundled deal of all of Ginger's resources at a $25 discount. This includes her parenting books and study guides, the wise words from mom's chart, as well as the CD and a digital download of her audio series called Reaching the Heart of Your Child. Listeners, this is a $95 value for just $70. And if you use the code parenting at gingerhubbard.com, you can get an additional 10% off this already great deal. If your church might be interested in hosting Ginger and me for a women's event or bringing Ginger in for a parenting conference, please fill out the contact form at gingerhubbard.com and we'll get back to you with more information. Thank you so much for joining us today. We look forward to being with you again next week. Until then, may God bless you as you seek to reach the hearts of your children for the glory of God.